Paperless Movement, your productivity, your way. All right, everyone, I'm so excited to get into launching the podcast and the interviews on our YouTube channel. And I couldn't be more happy to start this series with Alan Chan, the co-founder of Heptabase. And if you follow the channel on YouTube, then you saw our recent releases and that we commit ourselves to Heptabase. It's not sponsored. We just found the tool that we really think will help our busy professionals. Okay, Alan, maybe you talk a bit about what have you done before Heptabase and then why did you launch Heptabase? What's the main problem that Heptabase solves for our community and for all the people using Heptabase? Got it. I'm Alan and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Heptabase. And the idea of Heptabase actually came to my mind quite many years ago. So just a little bit intro about myself is five to six years ago, I was majoring physics and mathematics in college. And I have a deep interest in physics and math since I was in middle school. And one of the things that I really love about physics and mathematics is that even they are two different topics, they are two different disciplines, but the knowledge and concept behind them is highly intertwined. And I think that is the very first moment when I realized that when I'm learning different stuff, even though they are different subjects at school, the concept behind it is all connected in a way that actually make much more sense comparing to separated them into different subjects. And the kind of struggle that I had when I was a student is that we were taking this paper notebook and there's this one called physics and there's this one called math. But there's nothing that actually yeah. brings together concept behind different physics theory and different mathematical theorem and connect them and tell you that, oh, this is how these things are related, are intertwined. So when I went to college and I studied these two disciplines, but then I think at one point I realized I don't want to be a physicist. So I decided to drop out of college and then learn other stuff that I'm interested in, like psychology, computer science, and biology, and all these different subjects. And I think at that again, the same things happens again to me. For example, when I was learning computer science, we learned all this object-oriented programming, graphical user interface, and different concepts in computer science. I was very curious about where this concept came from. How did people invent computer like this? How does computer become a personal tool that can assist us with all types of different tasks? So I look into computer history. And one thing that shocked me is that all these concepts in computer history and computer science are not originated from a discipline called computer science. It's originated from other different fields, biology and psychology. When it comes to object-oriented programming, it it can date it back to 1960 to 1970s, where Alan Kay and their research group in Xerox Park trying to figure out a language that can use to simulate and describe all other things in the world. And the core idea behind object-oriented programming is everything can be described by a recursive combination of objects with hidden states and processes. And these objects exchanges message to each other. And this core idea came from morphogenesis in biology and abstract algebra in mathematics. Idea from other disciplines inspire idea in new innovation. I move away from the core topic too much, but the, the things I want to emphasize that's to stress here is that learning and doing research is never about you have a subject and you consume all the knowledge and boom, you, you finish it. No, it's much deeper. You have to see the context behind it to see how different knowledge originated from other knowledge, originated from other concepts and how they are connected, how they are, how they can be bring together to see, to see beyond the boundaries of subject and discipline and to see the big picture. And that is something that I could never do with all the paper notes I have and all the note-taking app I have back in the time. I tried many different tools to help me get this kind of enlightenment moment preserved in the place, and but just never succeeded with that. And eventually I forgot a lot of things that I have learned. We had the same thoughts because I, I studied physics as well. I was then incorporate and these patterns kept recurring. The things that you described, it is can be applied to so many places. So that's why once you realize how to learn and then apply it to a tool, which is now Heptabase, and where we got the same revelation after testing all these other note-taking tools that claim to help you these enlightenments, but it's not true. And Heptabase was really the first one that got both of us, Paco and me, within a week to this enlightenment after using heavily all these different tools to their max. And it's amazing that you were able to consolidate this. And thanks for sharing all the history behind this, because 
this explains exactly with all the paper notebooks you said about different topics. It was the same for me when I studied physics and then I switched to biochemistry and I learned a lot of all the different things and got a general perspective on the world instead of being just a physicist. And having this, it would be have been amazing having Heptabase back then already. But what I want to say, I had the same paper notebooks incorporate, running around for the different projects, having different paper notebooks. And there were so much connections between the different projects, but it was hard to connect them and retrieve the history later on again, where I understand the thought process that I had back then. Again, something that Heptabase does. I just wanted to show the parallelism that was going on between our lives. And we founded the paperless movement and developed the iCore framework, which is tool agnostic, to help people exactly with the problem. And now Heptabase comes around the corner and perfectly fits the tool agnostic concepts and workflows that we teach with the implementation part of the software that really works perfectly with iCore. And I would like to add that for us, the thing that resonated the most when we tried and tested your tool was that we are feeling overwhelmed by information. Today, there is a fire hose of information where we are just capturing, but not taking real advantage of that information. And the process of converting that information into real actions that you do to move forward, okay, to achieve your goals, I think that's missing in all the tools and the current situation in the world. Because it seems Eptabase is just to make research and related to the academia and students. But the point is that Eptabase helps people to really understand something. And understand something is not just that you understand the topic that you are working around. It's that it allows you to make other people understand what you are thinking. It's a communication tool because you can better express yourself by understanding your knowledge and communicating it to other people. And for me, that's one of the most important things because this is not just about making research and trying to grab things from different works and creating the connection, because this is something, for instance, that if you want to develop the strategy of your company, you get a big picture and you can start creating buckets where you are starting to develop different parts of information, no matter if it's something that you have think about, something you grab from the internet, a quote that you got buckets and you start creating the strategy of your company, seeing the different steps, the things that you are missing. And whenever you grab something, you have a place, a perfectly defined place because it makes sense for you because it's something visual. But at the same time, if at that moment you want to go really deep, you can use different tools, outlining or just long text format. No matter what the things you want to write down, you can write everything and you don't stop the flow. And for me, that's the critical feature and the most important feature that Heptabase covers. It's that non-stopping the flow of thinking because it goes really fast. And the moment that you switch tools, at that moment, you are losing your inspiration and that gets lost. It's a matter of milliseconds, but at that moment, the brain stops following the rational processes that it was following. No? And I think that's what Eptabase really covers beyond making research and drawing conclusions. No, It's that mental process of thinking to move from information to action without any friction at all. And I just want to add there, because you mentioned you went through all the tools, right? We did as well. And that's something you feel immediately when you go to Heptabase, because there are features from Tana, there are features from Notion, there are features from MindNode that are combined in Heptabase. And the amazing thing is that immediately was obvious that you pick the right features from these tools and combine it in one tool. Where I always thought, man, when I went to Tana, man, I thought, man, amazing these features that you have there, but I don't need all the other things. Rather give me a visual reflection of my information or then go to Miro and then you have the whiteboarding there. And then we have the limits of not having proper notes that I can cross connect. And all these things come together in Heptabase and that's why it instantly clicked for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one thing to add here is that this is actually very highly related to how we design and build this product. It's, in in note-taking world, there's a lot of different people building note-taking app. And apparently I also personally know some of them. So I know what people are like, we know what's going on and what people are thinking, what this market is going forward to. But one thing I noticed is that when you have an engineering 
background and then you come to this market and then suddenly you realize like, oh, there are so many features that we need to catch up and have all these features together and then we will have the best app out there. And then that's basically some of the tool out there is doing. And But in Hetabase, our approach is very different comparing to just adding features is that we are much more driven by design. And uh, so everything, everything we add to Heptabase, it always originated to one question is that how is this feature going to fit with all the other existing thing so that our user can actually fulfill his purpose better. And the purpose here is to have a deep understanding of whatever things that they care about, whatever things they are learning or researching or planning or writing, everything's Every, all these different things that people do, it all comes down to a deep understanding of what you care about. And every feature in Hetabase is not just an isolated feature that can do different things. It's features that are nicely blended together so that eventually you don't even notice the feature exists because you just get into the process of learning and researching. And the biggest thing, the biggest design effort we put here is not to show people how many features we have is to show people that you don't need to care about how many features we have. You just only need to care about what you're learning, what you're researching. And eventually, whenever you want to do something, you will realize that, oh, there's already a capability that I can use to do that stuff. When you're reading a PDF and then you, you suddenly think, oh, this is actually a great part. I want to think about it. And then you, you, know, you select the text and you realize, oh, you can drag it out to the board to actually continue your thinking. You don't need to switch to another PDF reader and do all this back and forth to import back the highlight. It just happened inside the app. Or you write a huge note and then you notice that this note is a bit too huge. It's a bit hard to come the big picture. How about I can just break it down to smaller nodes? You don't need to create a lot of different smaller nodes and copy and paste them. You just simply select them, drag it out, boom, a new node appears. So these kind of small things that blends together is what actually is the core of Hetabase instead of uh, we have uh, database features, we have whiteboard features, we have connection features section. We have so many features, but in the end, it's not about features. It's about that understanding and how you can get into that flow of thinking with no friction. Yeah, I the great example with the PDFs because that was one of these moments for me as well when I selected it and I dragged it out and I thought, man, these guys, they really get it because these are the intuitive things that you test first and get disappointed very quickly in other tools. And then you try to request features and so on. But the, the things that we would request in Heptabase is really pushing the edge already uh, on Heptabase because the foundation is so solid and you can already develop your thinking so greatly that the future is just bright of Heptabase, no doubt. So thanks a lot for sharing all these details. Talking about features, maybe we want to dive into what features we will see in the future, maybe. Paco, do you want to add anything before we go to the features? I, I would like to add talking about these subtleties because I always say that uh, a, a big project is nothing but the sum and the leverage and the compound of millions of subtleties. You just can say, this is what I like the most is the overall experience here at the Paperless Movement. We differentiate between what we call shallow thinking and deep thinking because you never know when an idea is going to be like changing or something that you're going to throw away, okay? Because it's just a stupid thing that came to your mind. But at this moment that you have those what's called meta apps, is the main areas in the sidebar that you have on your left. Then if something pops in your head, then you just write it down, you release. Okay, that's the dopamine shot. You are safe and sound. I didn't miss this opportunity in my life. Okay. But at any moment, if you say, this is not so stupid, then it's pretty easy to go to the starting point of the deep thinking that is just a simple note. And from there, you can start growing using the different and intuitive elements that you have moving a car from a section, a section from a whiteboard. If you need at any moment a mind map, or by, by the way, they're going to implement right now something that it's amazing that you any node inside a mind map can be any object. For me, that's life-changing, okay? Because if you are used to mind maps, then you can use anything. And those are, I think that Alan nailed it when he said that it's the overall experience. It's not just the features that you have and trying to compete feature against feature. It's the overall experience and that's what we highly recommend to the people because right now when we were showing, we made a live session where Tom and I just were sharing our thoughts and the content that we put inside. There were members inside our membership that they say, man, have you imported all this data? And no, man, it was just a matter of a couple of days 
And we have designed different areas, the strategy of the company, writing, content, whatever, everything, a journal of the, your day-to-day just in a couple of days. And for me, that says it all about what Eptavice represents. And, and now let's cover the features. Because yeah, I think especially in the short term, okay, the right things that you are working on and you're going to deliver pretty soon because I think that's right now important and then we can talk about more long-term vision that is also important. Yeah, I just told Paco before the meeting, I was last night, three to four hours, I think I was sitting there. To me, it's already an addiction. Man, the coming things in my mind and I open up Heptabase, I know exactly what to do. And that's me saying, launching the paperless movement 2018 and teaching productivity and note-taking for so long already, knowing all the note-taking apps, but I never had this sensation of security. I always had to set up processes and things to really place the things in the note-taking app as, as good as possible or have separate note-taking apps for different purposes. But I realized yesterday, this is just the single source of truth I was hoping for. And now it's a perfect time to go into the features because if you can pull off all these things that are on your roadmap already and maybe things to discuss that are not on the roadmap yet, then I'm sure this will be just easier to stay with this one tool to have a comprehensive knowledge because having separate tools is always an issue when it comes to disconnected information. And then in some form, you start duplicating information and things like that. And Heptabase is the first one, really, since years that I would say it has the highest potential that it can be a single source of truth for the sake of being a single source of truth. Yeah, and there's something that I would add at this moment, the quote that it's pretty interesting and that really resonated with us because we always state that we, we shape our tools, but our tools are shaping us at the same moment. No? And that's what's happening is that you feel that Eptabase is forcing you effortlessly to think in a certain manner where you know that you're going to achieve results to that process of thinking. And that's the, the point, because right now you start seeing your reality. It sounds esoteric or philosophical or whatever, but it's true. The moment that you understand how the tool works, naturally, you start seeing the world, your experience, your ideas in a different manner, because you know that going that way, you're going to get results. And that avoids and removes all the frustration of having lots of ideas that you think, man, I'm missing the point. I'm missing opportunities. I'm wasting my time. I don't know what I'm doing. To knowing that you can go till the end with just an idea, okay? Until you say, this is a stupid thing or no, this really matters to me. And the UI UX, because you mentioned that it's all based on design. And I can confirm this by just saying, I never had a look at the getting started section of Heptabase. I didn't look at any tutorial. Obviously, we have a bit of experience testing all the other tools. That's why we know that everything is so intuitive because that's what we expect to be there. And it was there all the time. So I never had to look up a tutorial in order to get started with Heptabase and build up this amazing cross-connected knowledge base. This speaks for itself. But now <laughs> we dive into the features. Alan, I wrote down a few things here that I would be curious to learn more about that I found either on your roadmap or that came up while I was using Heptabase. So one thing that I have on this list, and I know that you made recently a poll in the Discord about this topic as well, is collaboration. And I was surprised to see the outcome of the poll there that many people didn't care about actually being together on a board and edit the board or the cards and rather just want to share the things. And just today, Paco and I, we have separate cards where we wrote down our questions and that's the perfect use case to have one card together that we would have been able to manage. Now I'm really curious about knowing if you have already any conclusion about this and what is the time to expect for the developments in this area. Before talking about collaboration, I one thing I want to talk about first is the framework we are using behind designing and developing Heptabase is that we, we create this kind of five stages information lifecycle that includes exploring, collecting, thinking, creating, and sharing. You explore things from outer sources, you collect them into Heptabase, and you develop your thinking, and then you eventually create some output, and then you share publicly or share with your teammates. 
And one goal that Heptabase is aiming at is to connect these five stages of the information life cycle so people can easily move from their personal knowledge base into their group knowledge base or their public newsletter, public blog. There have to be a seamless experience of how information is being, how those card is being passed through different stages. And I personally, in Heptabase, right, I have 4,000 cards. And then my co-founders also have thousands of cards. And then one thing that we struggle is that we all develop our thinking inside our own heptabase. But then when we are talking, when we are discussing, we always need to set up a Zoom call or chatting chat to talk about what is our recent finding. And one thing that we really want to do, especially for the sharing stage, is that people working together on the same project or people working together, learning the same topic, researching on the same topic, they can easily pass the knowledge, the notes they created in their personal space into that team or foreign or group environment so that they can share and discuss and then even connect them to each other, comment on each other. That is something that's going to be one of our focus at maybe around Q3, Q4 this year or the, the, the first half of next year to actually continuously bridge the gap between these different stages of, of information life cycle. And I would say at this moment, we already have a clear picture of the problem we are trying to solve. And once we understand the problem deep enough, then we dive into a detail of different solution direction and different design choices that we will eventually graduate, made and test out and iterate. And if things not work, we remove it. Things that work, we emphasize it. And that's what Hepabase have been doing in the past two years in terms of personal learning and personal researching. And we, were just, we just want to use the same kind of process to bring it forward. And I think at the beginning, there will be a small alpha group where people intensively tested this early stage feature in a private setting and give feedback. And then once we, the features become matured, we roll out to everyone. But that's a, that's a general direction. We usually don't have a clear date of when we are launching that because we just want to make sure that our research and our understanding of user problem is clear enough before we make guarantee on any time-specific things. I love that. And I think from this approach, many other SaaS companies could learn from instead of trying to be the flag in the wind and serve everybody as soon as possible. Then you have a mix of features that don't work together again. And I love the approach that you always keep the big picture. And uh, for those of you listening or watching uh, this interview, there's an amazing article about the vision behind Heptabase that Alan published on Medium. We will link this in the description below because there you see really the big vision because you scratch the surface when it comes to collaboration and the picture of this new internet that you want to build there. And that's why I wondered about this, Paul. And now I'm relieved that we are still going this road because this is a huge opportunity. It sounded like I have a branch going out from my knowledge base and just sharing a specific part that will connect with other branches. And then I build our own bubble that doesn't overwhelm the merge of knowledge bases or something like that. But yeah, I'm really glad about this. Awesome. Then I would like to talk about the database capability in Heptabase. So people coming from Tana, for example, they know super tags, and that's something that you will immediately find in Heptabase. Again, something that was very hard for me to wrap my mind around in Tana. I didn't give enough time to be honest, but in a Heptabase, I naturally did it immediately. So I added a tag. Then I realized, okay, I can click on the tag. Then it opened up a database. And I thought, ah, I can add columns. And these columns converted into properties in the next card whenever I add this tag. For example, I have now a tools database. I just added the tag tool. I went to the tag, which is then the database. And I added things, uh, tool type. So for example, note-taking, project management, things like that. And I can easily select this. So this is all working awesome and is already very useful. Coming from Notion, for example, where I dove deep in the back in the times when I was using Notion and to cross-connected databases, something I really love, something that we also do in ClickUp now, but the potential is so high in Heptabase to make very sophisticated cross-connected databases where I then have a relation column or property on one tag that I can select other tags and get the information from there. Any info on that, what your plans are expanding on this super tag functionalities that you have? In yeah, it. database is something that I believe is, it has a state of the art already. 
what before Notion is Airtable, right? And then there's Notion and there's other Notion tool also doing databases in the team setting. Uh -huh. It's relatively clear that how this path is going to end up and adding more properties, relation properties, adding more views to see those data in different ways. So I would say those are eventually going to happen. And what's important here is the timeline and the prioritization. Because even so, a lot of different products have databases, but many of these products have different use cases. For Notion, it's to bring teams together. So there's a meeting database, there's a, have the Kanban database for task, and they have the wiki database for their knowledge. They have a specific use case, and that makes specific properties or specific integration more valuable. You can integrate Notion with Amplitude, with GitHub, but you probably has much less use case to do all those integration in Hatterbase since that it's at this moment, it's more of a personal learning tool until a group of people came together and then, yeah, we will build those integration for them if that is what they really need. So I would say database evolution is a clear path and it's a clear path of what we are heading toward. It's a clear path that we are adding more properties, adding more view, and eventually even add maybe collaboration. But it's important to understand that when these are going to happen really depends on when Heptabase is going to move its use case from personal setting to the team setting and when Heptabase is different types of user come to Heptabase and we realize, oh, a majority of user, for example, they are doing game development. And for game de development, maybe the relational database is much more important in their case than, yeah, it the priority will rise. So that's how, in general, we, we think about it. Okay, so you're talking about no, years of months. development. I wouldn't say it will take years. I, I think it will take months. And development cycles that I'm used to from SaaS companies, for me, this yeah. is tomorrow, okay? Yeah. Compared to what others take time to add a new feature. I would add this point that is pretty important. I think that one of your main benefits, especially us, that we work with PC professionals, okay? Those are people who have much more problems than the productivity thing, okay? So they just want something to really use quickly, intuitive. The more that you go to the nerdy, part, I think that there you are missing the point of, first off, your niche of features, okay? If I want to really be good at letting people develop their own knowledge, I think that's a huge topic, okay, to work about and to become really specific, awesome in that topic. And the moment that you start losing the focus is the moment that you start losing the uses too, because then you try to make happy everyone. And at the end, nobody's happy. And I'm lacking things because right now I would go with things much simpler. Okay. That is for instance, inboxes. Okay. Oh so, yeah. I agree with you, Paco, on this, that I would worry about this as well. If you now try to be another obsidian or something that, and people can do whatever they like. And that was not the intention behind this database request. The potential there is how simple it is for people to build up these databases by adding things to their cards and to their notes naturally. And it's very intuitive to build these apps. And one of the intuitive things, and that's what I wanted to add before we switch from databases to inboxes, that intuitive thing that I did is I added the tag, I go to the database, I add a property, which is just plain text. And then I can add text. And my next intuitive thing was to use the mention. And I mentioned other cards in this item in the database. And it's not recognized in the backlinks. So I think that's something just intermediate that is not making a complex database cross-connecting and relationship properties. But it is something natural that people will just use a plain text column and try to add some updates where they just add the date and then mention another card. And therefore, we keep building up the cross-connections. That's something I had in mind as well. On, yeah, on that's mind as have well. Going, going to happen very soon. From text, the backlink from text properties, the backlink from text nodes in my map, those are the stuff that I'm pretty sure they are going to happen this year in a few weeks that we put them into the backlink. And the reason that it's not there yet, it actually happened with our speed of development because we are shipping things too fast. <laughs> we just keep shipping and shipping. So sometimes we don't wait until we get 100% feature 
which might take months to develop. But, but instead, we release maybe 50%, 60%. We get feedback from the user so we can identify what are the things that they care about the most and what are the things that they don't actually care. For example, in databases, there's probably a hundred more other things we can build on top of it. But should we wait until we build all those hundred of things and then launch it and realize people only use 20 or 30 of land? Definitely not. So what we do is we build 10 to 15 of the things that we think are necessary that everyone will want. And then we put it out in the community and we see what are the other 15 things that they are complaining about and what are the things that they didn't mention even a bit. And then that helps us prioritize our development time to keep up with the momentum of development. And so definitely you mentioned the backlink from text property. I use text property a lot. And in our, whenever I do meetings with other, I use text property to write our meeting inside. And I also wish that happens in our backlink. And that's why like it's going to be have added into, into our development roadmap very soon. Once we ship some of the important stuff, like full feature mobile app or other stuff. That's absolutely awesome. And that's what Paco meant as well. And I agree with as well. That's exactly the kind of focus and waiting for the feedback before adding too much. Perfect. Things that are really points of friction or little pain points that it's the possibility of having a, an inbox so that whenever I want to be processed a little bit, I can send into an inbox and that refers to the capturing process on mobile that I would that the things that come to my head I go there and I send them to an inbox and also a, a, an inbox for tasks. For instance, at whenever you are in the middle of a meeting, you create a, a task no, that is a type of block. Okay, Then all those tasks are perfectly collected so I can go there and check them. Because right now I'm using not a, a, a tag, it's a tag because it, it uses the, the symbol of hashtag okay, pending and they, I keep removing the tag and I think that's uh, something that it's a feature that it's pretty useful that even applications, Tana, that it's an outliner created because uh, you can capture and you then you process whenever you are again on desktop or any that really resonates with you that you say, man, I don't have the time. I want to send it to a place that I can calmly process later on because I am a defender of inboxes. And another example I want to add there is that I'm using snipped which is an application that you can take notes on podcasts so i'm driving in the car i love listening to podcasts and now i simply press a button and i, I will create snippets out of what i just had the insight with and this is connected via readwise to heptabase so therefore i have everything ready and then i can just bring it into the whiteboards the issue now is there as well that i go in there i have to find it somewhere in the readwise things because it's it's a highlights which is not a cardian i know you're developing all this right now already but it's another example where this brings in friction that i send stuff to heptabase and then i need to find it later on i fully agree with paco inboxes is something so many people are afraid of we have the email management course in there where we show how powerful inboxes actually are and that's something that we would leverage as well in Heptabase. So curious about your comments yeah. on this. I think in terms of inbox, there are two things in Heptabase. One already is there and one's not there yet that we are thinking about. Because this is from our framework. This is a process from capturing to thinking, right? And I would say at this moment, there's, there's one specific thing in Heptabase that for many people, it acts more like an inbox, but there's definitely needs some more design improvement to actually make it an inbox, which is journal. The things about journal, there's a good things and there are bad things about it. The good thing is you just open today and then you just write whatever you want to write. And later on, you can drag several blocks, drag it to a whiteboard to turn it into a card, which is eventually become the meaningful notes, the notes that's actually important to you that lives in the card library. And But the downside of using journal is that if you are not using any bi-directional link, then you have to manually allocate time every week or every month to go through your journal and, process and drag out all the stuff, convert them into a card. And to deal with that specific type of problems. One thing that we are planning to work on is to make journal a type of card called journal card, just a highlight card. There's going to be also image card, audio card, video card, different types of cards. So that when people when people want to process, go through their journal, they can easily filter through the journal that has not been processed by looking at a specific filter of the journal card. So that's one thing that we plan to work on. And this. another thing, which I think is more aligned with what I think Paco wants, basically is an inbox, right? And the key thing is what's in the inbox. Is it a card? Is it a journal? Or is it several blocks out there? For me, thinking about the database model and how you work with the different objects, I think that a block 
will be the instance that I would have in my inbox. So that no matter if I create a to-do or a video that I want to review, whatever it, it's a box, having the possibility of sending them to a place that I can process later on, for me, that would be great because, for instance, anything that I capture on mobile and I send, it goes to there and it's a block. For instance, mem. It's much easier because in MEM, everything is plain text. You just put something that to do, and then it's the whole MEM that goes there. But for you, you don't have a MEM, you have a, a block, okay? We can consider a page the journal, but for me, that's not a page. For me, it's just showing you different blocks that are uh, related to a certain date. What that inbox represents for me, okay. it's an intermediate step where I can process, and for me, the content of that element would be blocks that I have marked or sent to the inbox. No? Inbox and journal, they have a similar straits, but they are also different because in journal, there is infinity journal. Every single date in our lifetime, they have a specific journal entity. But for inbox, it's just one single thing where everything you capture very fast into it. And so the ups and downs between two of it is when you have journal, you have more time sensitive information, which specific ideas came from which date. And that could be a better usage when the things you recorded is time sensitive. But for inbox, which is more just random things that came and you just want to have an intermediate state, maybe a container of all these blocks where you can process later. That seems like a much better design to it. Let's step a little bit backward and rethink about this problem. So there's a lot of different solutions to for capturing to thinking process to bridge the gap between these two. And obviously there's this inbox idea, there's this journal idea. And I would say there are a lot, many other solution direction that which we haven't talked about yet for example let's imagine you have a chat interface and whenever you have something you send a message to that chat and then the ai assistant will tell you all the information that you haven't processed so you can process it, and they might even help you to process that could be a direction so there's many different type of direction that we can try to solve this problem. And I wouldn't rush into focusing on one direction until we look through each of the direction and evaluating back to the most important point. We want to make our user use database so that they can get into this very focused state of learning and doing research. And a lot of people think a lot of feature is great. When the product has many features, it's great. Many feature can only be great when they can blend together and not distract you. Let's say we develop an inbox and then we make it a meta app that is on our sidebar. And tomorrow there's another problem. We add another things on the sidebar. And eventually sidebar has 50 different items and people, new users come in and they will be like, what is happening here? How should I? use this application, they were confused because there's just too many features, too many capabilities, but no design that brings these features together and point toward a specific problem that they are trying to solve. And honestly, that's what I think most tools out there are struggling with. And that's something that we are very carefully trying to avoid. And that's why we understand there's this capturing to thinking problem. We understand that there's many different solutions because features is easy to develop, but the good feature is hard to design. And for us, it's about evaluating what is the best design that we can make so that people can solve the problem of capturing to thinking without getting overwhelmed with the complexity of why is there one more of this button on this sidebar or on this here. We want to make the feature invisible that people don't even notice that they exist. A good way to talk about this is we talk about the idea of writing down creep capturing idea in journal, right? And then, and but then Paco, you mentioned that in journal, there are also things that you just absolutely don't care living there. And how do we differentiate those things? And apparently there's a lot of different methods that we can tell users to, you just use this method and follow this discipline and then you'll have a good inbox experience, but then they have to learn that method and that's an additional friction. But the things we can do is maybe one easy thing is that whenever people type stuff in journal in their mobile app, maybe we have a little state that said that, oh, this is probably a useless stuff or this is probably a crypt capturing stuff. And then in journal, we give a little small view to notify, oh, all these blocks might be the things that you want to process. And these are other stuff that you 
probably don't care because you write it in your desktop app. A little kind of interface design or adding some little state in those blocks, it can remove the complexity of adding more feature, but at the same time, solve that specific problem better without changing any other stuff. So yeah, this is a bit too detailed about how we design and build feature. But yeah, a lot of users in our community, they always ask me, when are you going to do this feature? When are you going to add, do that feature? And our common response is we always ask, okay, who are you? Who, what is your job? Are you a student? Are you a researcher? Are you a project manager? What is the problem you're trying to solve with our product? And how is this feature is going to help you? And then we figure out those problems. We get the detail. Oh, they are a researcher doing a PhD in human-computer interaction on this specific topic. And they are facing this problem. And that's why they came up with this feature. But what we care the most is the problem behind it, because we build product because we believe we are good at problem solving and good at design. And as long as we get a clear understanding of the problem, then we can think of maybe solutions that no one has ever think about before. And it might not be even a feature. It could be just a small state or a small interface tweak that allow people to see the system better. That's perfect. And we just saw between Paco and me are already different states, how we approach the tool yeah. already, even that we are so <laughs> like-minded, but I would rather maybe create cards with quick notes in there while Paco wants to have individual blocks to feed existing cards. So that's a completely different approach. So again, as you mentioned, I love the approach because you could also go to the card library and extend the feature there to see an inbox. And the moment you make highlights from Readwise and from PDF cards, they start appearing inside this inbox. I will be happy already. I don't need any more. But Paco has a different use case than or our users will have different use case. So I love the foundation of Heptabase. It just shows how solid this is. The approach with the different card types gives you a lot of flexibility how you handle all this. We will trust you. When you make the decision what is there, then we know this will be the right decision. And the thing that you don't want to teach a specific method in order to make the tool work for the people because this adds another friction point. Right now, you have done an amazing lesson about software design that represents the core values of your company without any doubt. And that's why we are so hyped and so motivated to bet on this because it's perfectly aligned to the way we see how a business should grow. And I think that when two different projects, companies or persons are aligned in the big vision, in the big picture, it's uh, wonderful to work together because we're going to find a lot of different ways of improve each other's projects. And I think that's uh, beautiful. One last thing that I want to ask you, we have many people they are struggling with their Evernote. And if they're me, I used Evernote solely for my document dump, right? So I just scanned my documents in there or sent PDFs. And if I needs, I search it and I find it. What we recognize in Heptabase, you already have the PDF cards, which is awesome. You have the highlight implementation, which is awesome, but it's not possible to scan for PDF content. So whenever I search, it will only find the highlights, but not the content. Is this something you have on your plan or would it decrease the performance of Heptabase? So we do plan to upgrade our PDF reader very soon, this or next month where people, when they are working inside the PDF, they can search through the content inside it. And it will be more comprehensive in terms of what capability we provide. Highlight, you can add colors, you can do other stuff more intuitively. That's what's going to happen at this upgrade of PDF reader, which will also include the search functionality and the table of content so that you can jump between different parts of the PDF and then switch between pages very quickly. In terms of global search and search through all the PDF content, that's not something we plan to do this or next month, but that's definitely something that is in our development backlog. I don't think it will be a problem in terms of performance because we just upgraded our search engine actually, I think last month or two months ago. So we, our search engine now is capable of searching through tens of thousands of nodes in less than a second. And I think like adding those PDF content inside, it wouldn't really change much in terms of what our the current search engine capability can provide. The harder part will be how to avoid 
those search result diluted like you have maybe 4,000 nodes and you can find whatever you want when your search result only focus on nodes. But then if all those PDF content also came in, how do we create better filter or better ranking on which search result should appear first? That's definitely something we need to consider. Another thing is how do we extract content from PDF? And that's more of a technical problem that we will need to work on. But I don't think there's any techno problem at this moment that is impossible to solve. There's hard ones and there's easy ones. And in the end, it's all about prioritization of how many people are using PDF card. From our backend, we know how many people have been uploaded to our server. And we have a sense of how frequent the certain feature is being used. And usually we tend to prioritize the development of the features that's being used by the majority of our users. That's why a lot of improvements usually begin with whiteboards because that's where the centers of thinking is happening. And But then once we have a very solid whiteboard can perform all kinds of different thinking, then yes, like we move on to different things, PDF or image and video or stat to improve their capability so they can be better integrated with the whiteboard existing thinking system there. That's awesome. You already do a great job with the search results that you're categorizing by card types and whiteboards and all this. And I see it the same way that you just have a section with further examples to find. And this will be very powerful. I can tell you many users, including myself, would start adding their PDFs, invoices, and contracts because when you build a house or something like that, that's a closed project, but then you have everything in one whiteboard. And then right now it's already possible. I would highlight the company name or something like that, and then I will find it when I search it. But having the option just to throw it in there again and forget about this and then search it as quickly as you just mentioned, this would be a whole other level, right? When it comes to having a single source of truth. But this will be the future. And talking about the future, so many things. Things that you said when you say in one or two months, this is to me, as I said, tomorrow and the future. What are your plans for the end of the this year, the last half and the beginning of next year? So there are several things. First of all, whiteboard is where everyone use the most. The core thing where everyone spend most of their time on. And there's a lot of improvements on whiteboards coming soon. One thing you might notice is that when you write inside a card, it will grow and it will overlap with other cards. So we want to have a space out algorithm. So when you are when it becomes longer, it push the cards in below it to the bottom. And then when you shrink it, they move back again. And also section, when there's more object in a section, things start growing. The section should also grow with every single object inside it. It should not be something that you need to manually resize this all the time. So a lot of different mind maps, you are going to be able to connect every single nodes from mind maps to any existing object on the whiteboard. That's happened maybe, I think this month, one or two weeks, and you are going to be able to add all types of stuff on top of the mind matters, not just card, but also journal, highlight, text element, all the other stuff. And you are going to be able to have more and more card types. I mentioned video, audio, files. They are all going to be the individual card type out there. So eventually we can develop more capability that people can extract information from different types of content, not just textual information. So this is the general thing, the main things that we are working on. And another big thing that we are working on, also plan to launch this month, is a full feature mobile app where people can access all their notes, all their journal, and edit them in mobile app. And they will also be able to access and read their whiteboard on mobile app. That's something that we realized we actually can tackle it in a relatively short amount of time. So mobile. amazing. We at the Paperless Movement mentioned already, we are fully committed to the base and the vision and what you shared there. And we will be the ones also talking about this whenever the new features come out. Alan, yes. thank you very much. Two quick questions because it's pretty important. And I think that ending and finishing the interview with these two key points, we're working with busy professionals. Obviously, all this area of PKM, it's crucial for them, okay? This is your own information. It has a lot of private data and things like that. There are two main points. One, the position of uh, as a company to be trusted on this company for the long term, okay? And second, it's the ability of importing and exporting the data so they don't get trapped. It's the transition from the old system, the current system to your system. It's quite easy if just in case they want to do it because I prefer to start from scratch when I go into a new software system. And the most important point, how easy it is to move away from Eptabase if it doesn't fit your needs 
how easy it is to move the data to any other tool. I think that those are the main key points that people obviously are asking ourselves constantly. Is just your present and future as a company? And also how easy it is to get in and to get out yeah. of your So product. the simple answer is Markdown. If your notes are from other places and you export them into Markdown, you can always import them into Heptabase by one click. We have a Markdown import where all the links are between Markdown are preserved. And export as well. We allowed one click export. All your notes, all your whiteboards are going to be converted in the Markdown format that you can export. And you can use it in any other tool that support Markdown editing or Markdown import. And as for whiteboard specifically, since whiteboard is something that currently don't have an open format, an open file format in the world, so we export whiteboard as Markdown files with all the links to the object inside it. And what we're planning to do in the future so that people with a better engineering background could maybe build some little plugins to convert is we are going to provide a JSON format where they export the whiteboard into that JSON format that contains all the, the colors and spatial attributes and section attribute, stuff like that. So whoever want to build a good reader on top of that format, they can build it and see all their whiteboards and the notes inside it again. So that's all the markdown things already exist. You can move in and move out very easily. In fact, that I back up all my notes from Heptabase every month. I back up it in a folder so that that's something that I can put it in my little hard drive and carry it with me when I to whatever places. But at the same time, more there will be more updates on how we can create a format that actually better express the whiteboard and all the connections and all the colors and spatial relationship inside it. Yeah, that's our general route. Talking about the backup, so if you have the desktop application installed, you have the local backup file that exists there. There were people reaching out, it's filling up my space and so on. I wouldn't care just to have it in the cloud. That's why I'm using also the web-based Heptabase. So is there a way to switch this off in the desktop version as well? Yeah, the so the thing about desktop app, is that it provides offline capabilities, right? Like you can access all your nodes with zero internet connection. You are not hijacked by a SaaS company out there with their server to control your nodes. Everything lives locally and you activate this sync so that it's also, you can back up your nodes on the cloud and access it through white browser. It's very easy to provide an option where we just don't back up the files, the, the big files in local. For people who have less disk space, that's something we want to give a, a toggle in our settings session so that they can reduce the storage from Heptabase. And I think that's pretty easy to implement. We can do it anytime, probably. So next month, we can have it in our setting panel after we launch our 1.0. And if you absolutely don't want your data in your local devices, then use our web app. It's a web version. Everything lives on the internet. And whenever you feel, oh, now I want to use that desktop app, you download it and the data come back to your desktop. Awesome. And the company, the current situation of Heptabase as a company oh. and the future in the mid-term. Heptabase, we started at 21st in May. So it's around two years and two months ago. And like the very beginning, we have been profitable. Because at the very beginning, we want to focus on a small group of people who desperately need our product and are willing to pay upfront. And if they don't get it, they get a refund. And that's how we filter and process the people who need our product the most. And then we gradually open the barrier to have yearly subscription, monthly subscription, and now the free trial is going to happen very soon. And But we have been profitable since the very, very beginning. And until now, we raised... A $1.0 in a seed round in Silicon Valley. We were part of the, we were part of the Y Combinator Winter 22 batch, which is the one of the best accelerator in the world. And we got mentored by some of the great founders to teach us how to run a business sustainably and uh, being able to iterate consistently. So that's the general methodology that we have been applied to develop this product. And we only use our revenue to run our company. So we haven't really spent any of our funding we receive from our investor. Uh, we have five full-time members now and our six members is joining our company next month in full-time. And yeah, and we only add new employees into our company when we have enough revenue to let's hire another people so that we can do more things in the less amount of time. So yeah, surviving wise, I would say we don't have any runway risk. 
we are and, and in our bank, even if we, with all the money we have, even if we don't get any revenue, we can run for another 10 years. So that's definitely not a, not a problem. And I do believe we have the best engineers, some of the best engineers I have ever met. As I said, I came from the background of physics, mathematics, and computer science, where I met all these people which are best of the best since they are a high school student and college student. They participate in world competition and get great results. And now they are also committing their full time into building this product to improve the stability, improve the functionality, and to make sure that Heptabase is actually the best tool for thinking and learning and doing research for everyone. That's awesome. So that's all we need to hear in order to move forward with Heptabase. Alan, thank you so much for this awesome interview. So many insights, so many things, and still so many open questions. So we have to have a follow-up the moment we see the new releases. There are many contact points. We get back into touch and stay in touch, obviously offline as well. And we cannot wait to see the developments of Heptabase. Thanks so much for being with us. And for all out there, I'll catch you up next time on YouTube.